0: It led me to a lot of trial and error in like, how do you get someone who's just dreaming of entrepreneurship to an actual launch of an actual feasible business? <laughs>
1: Welcome to a new episode of the University Podcast, the place to be for lifelong learners with a curious mind and a willingness to learn from others. What we do is that each month we speak to a remarkable human being, we talk about their journey and their ideas, and we try to pick up as much as we can from them. This month we're absolutely delighted to speak to Elina Guthals. Elina helps businesses grow. Whether it's for an entrepreneur just starting out or for a Fortune 500 company, she loves figuring out core growth challenges and solving them. During the course of her career, she has started different of her own businesses, including WANU.be and Young Dogs Belgium. Today, she's a freelance marketing and business strategist. And after moving to Canada last year, she published her first book called On It. It's a fantastic book and what it is, is it's a workbook for everyone who dreams about starting their own business but just doesn't know how to get started. During this episode, we discuss her journey, we discuss if she believes that everyone can be an entrepreneur, and Elina, of course, shared some great tips from her fantastic book. Today's episode was recorded at Fonder. Fonder is a co-living residence in Bilderag, Belgium which offers you the privacy of a fully furnished studio but also the company of warm and open-minded housemates that you can meet in the common areas like the lounge and the garden. A really cool concept especially now when our social contacts are so limited. Visit www.fonder.be that's f-o-n-d-e-r.be for more information. Hi Elena. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm very happy to to have you on the show to discuss, uh, among other things, your your book and your entrepreneurial journey and and lots of interesting stuff that you have to share with our our listeners. Uh, So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Now, as you know, the very first question we ask every guest here on the podcast is how you would describe the human being that you are without mentioning anything that has to do with your profession.:
0: Oh, tricky question. Um, I guess and like, I guess I'm a, like a, diff- a difficult person to describe without mentioning my professions because I'm doing such different things in life and like I have so, so many different professions. But I guess like the thing that characterizes me the most is the fact that I like other humans. I've always been very driven by like understanding other humans and being close to other humans and observing them and and being clever in spotting what humans need and want and where I can help them with. So I guess that's probably like the human behind the profession. It's just someone who is very much obsessed in not a creepy way, but just very much (laughs) obsessed by other humans. And, and I, I don't think I always was a human person. I like, I definitely wanted to become a veterinarian when I was five years old, and it's, that's probably been my dream until I was eighteen or nineteen. I've like I was a horse uh, rider. I always had dogs. I wanted to like work with animals, not necessarily with humans. And then, like at a certain point, I just found myself riding horses. I wanted to do it professionally. I wanted to become a veterinarian, and then I met someone who kind of like talked me out of that dream and she was like I don't think that is your strength and I think you need you you're you're probably like better off in like some sort of communications field and I don't know like I still don't know to uh, until this day why that person (laughs) was so like trying to get me out of it but I'm very happy that she did that like I'm very happy because she got me started in an event agency and then that led me to studying communication sciences and then i ended up at a marketing agency and before that i started my own company so like i did a lot of things but it was all very much centered around other humans and like trying to like be close to them understand them be clever like connect people with each other and that's pretty much been my driver ever since yeah Yeah, Yeah. i like that
1: what i want to what i want to talk about you know because um I'm I'm really excited to talk about your book, but before we go there, I just wanna uh, you know quickly go through your own uh, entrepreneurial story because you've written a book based uh, you know from experience that you gathered along the way. Uh, so I just want to make sure that we, we we get that that experience. So what can I what can you tell us about when you first you know wanted to be an entrepreneur as a child, as you mentioned, and what did you do, and what was the you know the rest of your your personal journey?
0: I guess. Being an entrepreneur was always a part of who I was, even as a child or like as a teenager. I remember when I was still like whole loving horses and stuff like that, that I managed to like find a small business within that world. So um, the people who, who know, like who ride horses will definitely understand this, but when you Like, dress up the horse to get ready to ride on it. You put a certain blanket on its back and you put certain like protection things around their legs. And those things, especially in the last 15, 20 years, they really became a fashion item. Like, to be very fashionable with your horse, you should have like a different blanket and different protection things every single day. And I kind of started spotting trends, you know, like patterns that were being (laughs) used on the blankets and colors that were getting very popular. And so the thing that I did is I... I I noticed that, and especially like it was on the internet and like uh, very first days, like when your computer was still connected to your to the phone, <laughs> I was like this little like tw- 12, 13-year-old going on my computer and like trying to figure out where uh, which colors would get popular and then buying them in bulk, like yeah. trying to find some supplier in the Netherlands or something in Germany and buying them in bulk and then reselling them for a higher price. <laughs> because, and then eventually like I wanted to, get one of those colors or one of those sets for myself because I didn't have, like my parents didn't necessarily like wanted to invest, which I totally get in every single last, like fashionable color. So I would usually then like go buy the one that were getting popular and then keep one for myself with the money that I earned yeah. reselling the other ones. Yeah, um, smart. <laughs>
1: smart.
0: That was the, like, I, I think and back then I didn't like realize that that was actually entrepreneurship. Like it's even, it's almost like, I'd say about a year ago that I was like, "Oh, like the thing I was doing back then was actually like starting yeah. a business. I was just like trying to get by and like trying to get the like most hip color that was yeah. out there." Uh, I
1: always wonder. I always ask myself, and I think I've asked this question to quite a few people who've been on the show. Like, where where do you get? To, when does the light bulb go on that you want to do something like that, especially at 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 such a young age? What was you know, did you have uh, an, an an inspiration or like a certain clear moment that you remember that you wanted to do that? Or?
0: I think I was just following the example of other people. Like I don't necessarily think that like someone starts doing something like that just completely mm-hmm. out of the blue without seeing any examples. But you know, like I was on the internet and it was so cool and like you had all these fora and forums where you could go and like look, see and talk with other people. And I guess I was just like. L- seeing other people do the same thing. And I probably thought that I could do it better, which that is definitely a driver in my life. Like the fact that I thought, oh, I, like I see that person doing that, but I don't think they do this or that really well. Mm. So I think I can do it better than them. And I'm like, let me, let's do that. But I don't think I've ever like had a super original business idea. I just saw something happening that I thought wasn't good enough. And then I tried to improve it later yeah. on. Yeah.
1: And after that, you you know you continued your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, you had other uh, initiatives. Tell us about uh, those uh, those companies.
0: When I kind of like got off of the path of be- wanting to become a veterinarian, I started an internship at an event agency, and I kind of like liked that whole world which led me to work, I've worked for the city of Antwerp as a student, and then, like, I got around the choice of, like, what will you study, or, like, will you not study anything, and, like, go do something, but I ended up studying communication sciences. It was on the University of Antwerp, and it was basically a very theoretical study, I would say, like, and I had the benefit of being a person that, like, I, when I read, like, summaries or something like that I can just study quite fast which was not necessarily good for my studies because I decided to not follow any of the classes and just like do the whole studying a couple of days before the exam so I was a terrible student but I had a lot of free time because I was like why do I need to be in those Classes because I can just read that stuff much faster on my own and study it much faster, like even faster than those like study hours would take for me going to to uh, the class. And then I wanted to like do something on on my own, so I first entered a competition that the city of Antwerp was kind of like holding because Antwerp I think was like the capital of youth in twenty. 12, 2011, I don't remember, quite some time ago. And I entered a competition with just basically like a, I don't even want to call it a business idea. It was just like an idea where I, as a young person who just arrived in the city as a student, I felt that it was very hard to understand what was going on in the city. And I mean that in terms of events for young people. And events like you have um, a plays or parties or I don't know, just anything that would be interesting as a young person. I just like, I found it so hard. It was pre-Facebook time uh, and I found it so hard to like know what was happening and I ended up missing a lot of s- yeah. stuff. And not just me, but, but like me, and my, uh, it sounds like such a loner, but <laughs> like me and my group of friends, like yeah. we found it so hard and it's true, like before the internet, like you had to go to uh, the downstairs toilet at yeah. a bar <laughs> to like see what kind of yeah. like things were going on on, on some posters. And I kind of like wanted to solve that. And I didn't even have like a proper business idea. I was just like, I want to start like a digital platform that tells people which events are happening, but it's not just people telling people, but it's like young people telling you, you should go there because I vetted it for you and I know it's fun and you should go there. And then we also wanted to do something that was more about after movies and like telling people like, oh, that was fun. You missed it, but like be there next time. And that was like basically the idea, which was fun. Like it was a fun time in the city of Antwerp because of that whole capital of youth. I ended up winning 25K to like make the idea happen and like a couple of months later suddenly i found myself having this digital platform and having to like lead a, a team of 30 editors in total like all young people they were all doing it like voluntarily and they were just like doing their best in like writing and 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 making photos and filming and editing and like just putting stuff online like making content like never before And we started doing paid stuff. Like we started getting paid to do an after movie of a party. And I was like, oh God, like this is an interesting business model. Uh, We didn't necessarily were into like having advertising on the platform, but we started getting paid to like um, uh, feature certain events. Of course, we always did it in like a pre-authentic way, but like we was starting to get like a pretty good business. And I've done that for quite some years. In the meantime, I also um, started working on like a small video company uh, with other friends where I taught myself how to film and how to edit. And we, back then it was super cool when you had a a little business or like a little company to get these beautiful like company videos. I don't know if you remember that time, like it's about 10 years ago where like suddenly we all could watch video on the internet and like you could have this super cool slow-mo video of your company like the people working there and it was such an interesting business for us because many small businesses wanted to pay for that so we started doing that and again like we didn't earn huge amounts of money but it was good like it was a fun interesting company on the side and Banu, so the the, the, the um, digital platform, even platform, I think I've done it for, like, I was there for three years. And then after three years, I kind of, like, started asking myself, like, why do certain campaign ideas that I have or, like, ideas to get more people on the platform? I didn't even call them campaign ideas back then. I didn't know it was called, uh, it was called that. I just started wondering, like, why are certain things working and, and getting a lot of traction and people are liking it? And why do other ideas that I consider equally genius, yeah. <laughs> I, never, <laughs> I never considered it genius, that I just wondered, like, why do people like stuff, some stuff and don't like other stuff? And I couldn't predict it. So I wanted to learn more about consumer psychology and 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 why do make why do people make choices and and why do they buy things and I found it very hard to get that knowledge within my business so I decided after three three and a half years to back then I was in my master's degree and I decided to do an internship at an ad agency because ad agencies so advertising agencies they're probably the best place to learn about that because Level of knowledge in consumer psychology is quite high, and in stra- marketing strategy and in con- communication strategy. And I I was so triggered by that whole side of building a business that I decided to stop my uh, my own company and then start interning for an ad agency, which I back then quite some people thought was a strange choice because I think quite some people thought that Wanyu could become even more successful than it was. But I don't know, like I've never regretted that choice and and not until this day. And I'm very happy that I did it because I like was very much in love with the profession of like marketing and consumer psychology. And I still am. Up until this day, I still am. So yeah, and then I started... Working as an employee. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But uh, I really like that. And what I what I like is that when you look at the the, the first business you had, you know, with the uh, with uh, with the horses and uh, the uh, the accessories for for the horses, and you look at uh, Ouanu. So I the, the website that you had for the students, and uh, you look at the other one was the videos that you that you made as well for the, for the companies. That you always see something that's missing or something mm. that could be done in a better way, or in a more creative way, or that you see you see can instinctively feel that there's a demand for something different, and then you just decide, okay, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love that. I think that's, uh, that's a great quality to have, and that's why you've done so many things, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know, it also sounds like... I'm this annoying person <laughs> <laughs> that like always thinks that things are not good enough, which is not true. Like I think a lot of things are definitely being done good enough, but some things aren't, and yeah. like there's always room for improvement. Yeah. I don't know. Well,
1: what's the one thing you wish you had invented?
0: Oh, oh God, that's a good question. It's hard for me to answer because I think, not like I'm thinking of it. I still think that many things could definitely be better. <laughs> um, I still want to say phones or, or a social media platform, and I know it's probably not a cool choice to say because we're all hating social media by now. But like, it's it has changed so much for us as humans, and I think it has also changed a lot of things in a good way. Mm. Or maybe I would just like wanted to have invented the internet. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just like the the web of knowledge that we yeah. all use every day like if one thing yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 it's definitely down to earth yeah. so that's who yeah. i am yeah but <laughs> yeah it's just like i've and i've always like i always say that like i i grew up like at a really good age because i still remember a world before the internet was here and before we had smartphones i was young enough to also get ingrained by it and like it feels as like some a natural thing for me and i i'm assuming you do too and and it's like I've I've because it's so like ingrained in who I am and how I think and how I think about entrepreneurship, for example. Like it's so beautiful that we have so much knowledge right in front of us, and like we, it, that's probably the craziest invention ever. And I don't th- I, I don't don't even know like whether we will ever have like an invention that is yeah. as crazy as the internet. And like we've lived it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, very true. And that's, you know, we'll talk about it, but that's that's one of the things that I love about entrepreneurship is that, you know, that's it's literally changing the world. It's literally building the world of, of tomorrow and it could be small, it could be big like the Internet, but it's it's always start with someone having an idea or, or seeing something with a critical mind and thinking that it can be done better. So but let's talk about your Book uh, because you've you've written a book which I you know people can't see it but I have it here and uh, it's called On It and uh, it's a fantastic book I've I've been reading it the past week I'm not done yet but I'm loving every little bit of it so far um, but I'm gonna leave the, the honor to you of course to to explain in a nutshell you know what your book is about and and why you de- you you felt the need to write it.
0: So, yeah, one of the things that I didn't tell yet, but I probably should before I introduce the book, is the fact that I, when I started working at the advertising agency, and I've, I've worked at a couple uh, in the meantime, okay. after a couple of years, I was kind of missing that whole youth, chaotic innovation kind of vibe that I absolutely had when I had you the, the digital platform, because I was finding myself in rooms with older men most of the time presenting powerpoints of strategies and I, I still love that but I was just missing like a more youthful playful breaking the rules kind of vibe and at a certain point of a friend of mine she was looking for someone who could uh, help her giving entrepreneurial classes to young people with all sorts of backgrounds like whatever they didn't even have like a entrepreneurial degree. Like pretty much everyone who was younger than 30, I think, could register for the classes. And the only thing that they really had to have is an entrepreneurial dream. And I kind of like liked that so much and just jumped on that oppor- opportunity and just started doing it immediately. And it kind of like it led me to a lot of trial and error in like, how do you get someone who's just dreaming of entrepreneurship do an actual launch of an actual feasible business. (laughs) And I would say that it definitely took me four years. So having like um, four years of going through the courses, giving classes every year. And it probably took me four years before I like realized what kind of like the uh, buttons were you had to push uh, when people were thinking about starting their own business. Uh, So like the, the fourth year that I did the courses, was definitely a much better year than the very first one, and I think Lane was uh, probably uh, there in the very first or the second year. I don't remember that, um, but it was definitely a lot of trial and error. But I loved it so much because, like, suddenly instead of like giving powerpoints and presenting strategies to like big rich companies, I was suddenly like helping this one person start this one dream that they have. And it's, I just love the combination of the both. Like yeah. I couldn't choose, but I suddenly had like the best of bo- both worlds. And it's been like that for quite some time. And then of course I, I um, moved to Canada last year. So December, 2019. And I kinda, I couldn't continue with the classes. Like I wasn't physically in Belgium. And like, honestly, I still feel like maybe I had an epiphany because I didn't even know that coronavirus was coming. Yeah. But there was a part of me that was like, I, I need to find another solution instead of just doing the physical classes yeah. and getting people physically together. Also because I wanted to do it on a larger scale because I knew I was helping people, but because it's so intensive in a way in, in helping someone with their business, I always put like a maximum of amount of, of um, uh, people that could attend the classes. It was like 15 to 20 people. Mm-hmm. Which is like it's a good number, but it's a limited number, and yeah. I and we definitely got more people asking to participate versus the ones that were finally selected to uh, to enter. So then, yeah, I kind of like start started thinking of in like what other options are there when it comes to uh, helping people start their own business, and of course, like you have digi- websites, blogs, uh, digital courses. Um, but then I kind of like, like the idea of having a book, like a physical thing that is there. You can put it away, but it's also, it's, it's always there. Like it's looking at you and like when you do something digital, which I love, but you just click on the X and it's gone and people yeah. might not think of you and you might be sending them annoying newsletters but they like if they want to forget they'll forget yeah. and with a book it's harder because yeah, it's, it's looking a, at it's you a like physical a product <laughs> yeah yeah it might you might like store it somewhere but it's still there and i like in a way i because i had done so many years of giving classes i kind of knew or had a structure in mind in in which i wanted to build the book so right before i left for canada i visited a couple of publishers I was very fortunate to have positive responses of all of them, but then I could be I had the opportunity to be like a bit selective in like which yeah. one I wanted to work with and then I started working with Lano Campus, which is the publisher um of my book.
1: Yeah. And you, you just pitched them the uh, the idea or you had like a draft already that you sent to the different
0: I didn't have a draft, um, but I had just a short synopsis of like yeah. what the content would be. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then like just more like kind of like building on like why is it so important that this book is being made because there are so little Belgian books about entrepreneurship and if there are they're very much high level and like a lot of people that I teach they don't understand them so I had a pretty good story I would say but still like I was very nervous meeting the publishers and then like hearing that they like I was super nervous in those meetings until like the very first like when they would, were saying like oh I think we want to do this and I was like ah, yeah. <laughs> especially the first publisher because honestly there was still a part of me that thought that no one would want yeah. to do it yeah. and I would have to pay it, uh, pay for it myself and and like that would would be the only way so like when they were po- like positive I was like oh my god <laughs> like actual positive people and then like okay so then I left for Canada and honestly, because I, I had given the classes for four years, I thought that it would be very easy to write the book because I knew the structure, right? Like yeah. I knew what I was telling in the cl- in the classes. So like how difficult could it be to write the book, which was probably the biggest mistake of my life because it was def- okay. definitely super <laughs> difficult to write the book. I just thought that I knew very clearly what I had to write, and then when I like I was sitting behind my computer with a blank page in front of me, I was like, "Oh my god! Like, what do I write? And like, how do I write it in such a way that people like reading it?" Yeah. So I definitely did a lot of like testing out different tone of voices and like how should I talk about uh, something. But then it was a fairly smooth process. So like it ended up being a, a, a workbook, so a fun colorful workbook that takes you from having not a business idea, even not a business idea. So you don't need to have your final idea. The only thing you need is the drive to wanting to become an entrepreneur. And then it teaches you, so how do you come up with a great business idea? Then it teaches you how to write your business plan. Which again, a lot of starting entrepreneurs don't don't do at all or don't do well um, today. And then it it also teaches you, but it's a smaller smaller chapter, um, how to launch your business and how to survive those very first weeks um, as well.
1: Yeah, so it's a a workbook and really starting from from zero. So possibly not even having your business idea yet all the way until... Uh, the first weeks of, yeah. of your business right and it's a practical book uh, like I said I have it here and with some exercises and some some gaps where you can uh, you can answer some questions so yeah. it, you know it really helps someone to build their their, their business um, now maybe the, the first question before we dive deeper into the book I'm, I'm just curious to know like do you believe that everyone can be an entrepreneur uh, because it's it's become a hip word I think we're maybe overusing it uh, nowadays. Um, and I'm sure some people listening might be like, oh yeah, okay, but that, that's not really for me because I don't really have uh, a specific skill or I don't have like a, a very deep passion. Um, do you believe that everyone can be an entrepreneur?
0: I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I've interviewed a lot of people in preparations for the book and also in preparations of my classes um, um, many years ago. And when you look at the people that, can be called successful entrepreneurs is those people couldn't be more different from each other like some grew up having a lot of money other grew up super poor different degrees different pretty much everything like different parts of the world different education different I don't know like languages which led me to believe like oh there is something that means that everyone can become an entrepreneur because you don't need special skills you don't need a special passion you don't need a special money from your parents to start a yeah. business like you 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 can start a business no matter who you are i do think you need a certain skill set and a certain mindset The good news is that they're not hard to learn like you need a couple of skills like you need to know what an invoice is as an entrepreneur you need to like have um, some sales skills you need to have a good idea of how your market is working for example but it's quite easy to learn like it's not rocket science it's not becoming an um, engineer it is very basic info, which is also what I wanted to bring across in the book, of course, like those are the only things you need to know as an entrepreneur. And I also think you need a certain mindset, like you need a very flexible learning mindset. And I see a lot of people coming in as an entrepreneur being very static, and not opening themselves to adapt and adjust and learn. And that is, for example, something that I do think you need as an entrepreneur but again like it's it's a mindset you can learn like you can actually get yourself coached to to acquire that certain yeah. mindset which is why I think everyone can be an entrepreneur if you're willing to like work on yourself enough.
1: Yeah. And there, there's quite a few I'm going to use the word myths, right, about, about entrepreneurship, uh, maybe, you know, if you've coached lots of people, you, maybe you can bust a few of those, those myths for us, like, you know, uh, for instance, like you, people generally think that you need like, to have this one big idea that has never been thought of before to start a business. So what are, what are the few, you know, blocking factors that you've, you've heard most times from, uh, from people?
0: That's a fun question, and it's definitely a purpose that my book also had to play. Um, is like kind of like bringing some real talk, or like kind of like telling, or, or getting some prejudices to go away. Like as you said, like one of the main things that I definitely heard with starting entrepreneurs in my courses is um, the fact that they are almost kind of like paralyzing themselves because they don't think they can come up with a business idea that is as good as they want it to be like and 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 people are so critical of themselves and their business ideas and they constantly think like oh like I'd rather like just stay an employee and work for someone but just don't launch my business because I don't think my idea is good enough and one of the things that if you look at like successful entrepreneurs is most of their business ideas aren't that like genius or or never thought of like they're not eureka wow this business idea was super unexpected like most business ideas are actually fairly expected ideas, but as we, as we talked about, they're just, like, tiny improvements to what was already there in the market. I always give, like, the example of Wouter Torfs, <laughs> which is, a, like, a big um, shoe company in Belgium. None of the things that they did, and, like, everyone would call him a very successful entrepreneur, but none of the things that Torfs did as a company was super groundbreaking. Like, yeah. it's, it's, there were already shoe stores before they arrived. They just did small things better than other stores. So no, I don't like the fact that people paralyze themselves uh, because they don't think their idea is genius enough. Is definitely like one of the things that I would love to help out of this world. Another thing that I always hear, and especially in Belgium, unfortunately, is the fact that like we always think of entrepreneurship as some something that is very black and white. Like you're either an entrepreneur and that is who you are, and you, like, have a big company, and several people work for you, and you'll be an entrepreneur for the rest of your life, or you're either, like, a, a failed entrepreneur, <laughs> and, yes. like, you are an employee, and and that is pretty much the only thing you are. Like, you you are not good as an entrepreneur. And, like, having lived in Canada is, was, was really interesting for me because I could see kind of, like, a, a different culture, Or thinking about how to be an entrepreneur because you had a lot of people that were actively saying that they wanted to start a business in a couple of years you had a lot of people that had side hustles and like there were so many more i would say like gray variants instead of just a black and white of entrepreneurship and i really love that and i always try to and that's also like in the book I tried to like get people to understand like the the, the thing I did, like I had my own business and then I kind of like stopped doing it because I wanted to learn more and I started working for another company. To me, that's not black and white. Like, and people would like, I definitely had the comments of people telling me like, Oh, but you're not like a real entrepreneur at that time because I was only doing something as a side hustle. Yeah. And I was still getting some money as an employee. And people yeah. would definitely like call like, oh, I don't think you're like, should <laughs> you teach people? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's that's like a, that's a big difference, I think, between the the States and Canada and, and I'm going to say just Belgium is that there indeed it's much more gray. Uh, I work in, in recruitment and I, I always read that in the in the States and in Canada. When you ask people, are you looking for a payroll job or or freelance? And they're like, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever is the best opportunity. And and it's true that here in Belgium, it's like you're it's it's so black and white sometimes like you're either Mm. an employee and then you're going to stay an employee forever or you are an entrepreneur and then you better stay an entrepreneur forever as well.
0: True. I've definitely had like bosses in the past tell me like, oh, but you have a side hustle. Like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to work for me or not? And I was like, (laughs) yes. And I also want to do the side hustle. Yeah. And they always thought that it meant trading off priorities, like that I would then not prioritize or or find that job equally important as my side hustle. And I was like, of course I do. Like they're both equally as important and I'm a better, I think I'm a better employee exactly. for you because I yeah. have the side. Exactly. And it's such a like weird discussion whilst in Canada. So I moved back from Canada a couple of months ago and I still work f- some hours, some part-time hours for that agency I was working for, and my boss is super supportive of like the book. She loves it. She, like she loves l- learning about it. She even mentions it in meetings to clients. I mean, well, yeah. that's so new to me because Belgian agencies always thought of that part of me, like the entrepreneurial part. I, they shouldn't. They shouldn't mention it. Yeah, in it's meetings. like you're cheating. On yeah, them, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's been interesting. One of the things that I found super important when writing the book is also having a lot of inspiration of other entrepreneurs. I always got a lot of energy and inspiration when I read other stories and, 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 and life stories of other entrepreneurs and like just figuring out figuring out how they came up with their business idea and, and where along the road they had struggle. So I kinda like decided that for the book I didn't just wanna bring Theory. I didn't just want to bring those like challenges workbook parts, but I also wanted to, which made it a pretty big book, I also wanted to highlight stories of other entrepreneurs where they would just share how they came up with their business idea, how they did certain stuff, and some famous, some not famous, some very established, others just started out. And one of the things that I thought was very interesting when I uh, interviewed them is that pretty much every single one of them, whether they're famous or not, whether they're super uh, well-funded or not at all, but every single one of them has had struggles. Like, every single one of them had to find their way through something that was hard. They were cheated on. They did something that was wrong. They messed up their product. Like, every single one of them had a hardship, or I want to say multiple hardships, and they just found their way through it. And I thought that was, like, an interesting message to, like... Read when you are working on your business, and it c- can all, all almost be a bit comforting, I hope, to like yeah. figure out to like, oh, like even those people that are that I think of as super successful and, and super lucky, like even they had big struggles starting their own business, yeah.
1: And even they are just like uh, a human doing, yeah, doing the work. and they cried, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: they had tough times and they wanted to give up, and just like you do now, like. They also had those feelings and spoiler, like they're still having them even though they're successful. Like it's a constant battle yeah. with the struggles. And I also like try to translate that into the book, like in, in the stories that we have of those entrepreneurs is I definitely tried showing the the things that didn't go that well for yeah. those people. Because I yeah. think as a like a starting person, that is a very... Comforting thought. So yeah. It's like, oh, they struggle too. Like, and they got cheated on too, and they like bad things happen to mm-hmm. them too. So why don't I just persist a little bit more yeah. too? Yeah.
1: yeah, I think we're we're capable of more than than we actually give ourselves credit for, right? Yeah. And and one thing that I one way that I look at entrepreneurship is like it's a bit of a, a muscle sometimes that you can that you can actually train. Uh, is just looking around you, your day-to-day life, and seeing the things that frustrate you. Usually, that's where mm-hmm. you think, oh, "I wish I had," a, you know, "I wish I had a business that uh, that would mm-hmm. solve this problem, right?" So I think that you know, if someone wants to start, I think it's a good place to start with training that muscle and seeing what could be done in mm-hmm. a better way, what could be improved, right?
0: Yeah, true, and even like. I've heard, like, from the people that I had in my classes, I've often heard, like, oh, yeah, but, like, my life is so tough. Like, I don't have time to start a business because I need to take care of my little sister, right? I don't have the money. And I always say to them, like, you have to be happy that you have struggles because most of the time, the struggles we have, they inspire the businesses we end up starting. Yeah. And if you're living a life and you definitely have people like rich people that have like a mansion that they live in and they get a car when they're 18, like those people have less struggles than you. So they also have less opportunities to see pain points. And and, and those are often the things you end up starting a business solving. And so like, I always try to like turn it around and like, it's actually good that like some things are struggles to you because, and if you look at like very famous entrepreneurs is most of their businesses are built on personal struggle. Like I was struggling, I wanted to do this and I couldn't do it. And therefore I started my business and apparently a lot of people were struggling with it. So like that was a good idea.
1: Yeah. And that's where you get the drive most often, right? Uh, Because if you you want to solve that, uh, that problem. Um, Now getting back to your book, uh, like you mentioned, it has different, uh, different chapters. It goes through all the different phases of, you know, building a company. What's, what's your favorite chapter?
0: I think I would say the very first chapter, like the biggest chapter, which is called Dream. And it's all about how do you come up with a business idea? And I like it so much because it's a fairly chaotic <laughs> chapter. Like it just offers you so many different perspectives. You know, like How do you think of coming up with a business idea? And what does it mean for a business idea to be good and if, and again like the the book is kind of like it's a, a very general book like it's it talks about all types of business ideas yeah. you could have but there are some like golden rules that all of those good business ideas should follow so yeah i kind of like like that chapter because it's so determining in yeah. a way to like yeah. what you will end up doing and yeah. it's a lot of introspection it's a lot of like also looking at the world and what does the world need and and where can i play a role so and the other chapters are interesting too but they're more i would say practical because like you know your idea you're just working it out and it's still a lot of work and again like execution is so much more important than the idea but still like they're yeah that very first chapter is like the whole there's a lot of like i also feel like a lot of tension and and when i get questions or when people ask me certain stuff about the book it is always about that very first part.
1: Yeah, and I'm happy that you mentioned that one because I, I, I read it and I, I, I loved it, uh, that, that chapter. And okay. I think anyone who's still, you know, who's just curious about about themselves and about, you know, any potential business in the future, I think if you've read that chapter, you're going to know. You know, you're going to know what your frustrations are. You're going to know what you could possibly uh, build a business on. Uh, but, you know, obviously the people listening haven't read your book yet. What can they expect from that first chapter? How do you, you know, when you don't have an idea, how do you start to figuring out what you could start doing?
0: For a very long time, when I was giving my uh, my courses, I tried to like kind of figure out the magic formula of coming up with a business idea. And I ended up finding it in a book that was about uh, Japanese philosophy, Ikigai. Yeah. And some people yeah. might have heard of it. Not everyone. I thought that was something like that everyone knew, but it's not the case I've discovered. And, and that whole Ikigai theory, and I, won't, I can talk about it for many hours, but it's all based around like, how do you find your purpose in life? And, and it, it combines two elements that are about you yourself. So what you as a person like to do and what you as a person are good at. And it combines that with something that the world needs. So it uh, it talks about what people actually need in their life and what they want to pay for. And that whole like the Japanese philosophy, it, it talks about that it's so important to have a life purpose that is combining those two elements. And I remember like reading a book about it because I'm just like <laughs> reading self-help books all the time. Um, and I remember reading it and then thinking like, oh, it This might be an interesting blueprint for starting a business. Because it was in my mind combining some things that I saw happening often. Like I saw people starting a business only because it was about something that they liked or they were good at, but then no one was needing it, like no one wanted to pay for it, and those businesses were terrible. And I also saw a lot of people in my classes starting a business because they spotted that people needed it, like people wanted to pay for it but they didn't have any personal involvement in the idea. And I also saw that those people were kind of just like giving up very fast. Like they weren't persevering when it was getting hard. So I tried and I just found it a very interesting blueprint, like what what you do and what you are good at and then what people need and kind of like the whole pain point, like what are your frustrations, what are your struggles? And like, can you solve it in a way that then leads to people wanting to pay for it in a business? So that's the model that we work with throughout that very first part. And, and and it's filled with challenges that make you think about all of those four elements. It, it just helps you. Like one of the exercises, and I'll just spoil this because I like it. One of the exercises that I always get people doing, and it sounds very childish and ridic- ridiculous, but I, I guarantee you that it works. It is the uh, magazine cover challenge. And it's oh, yeah. basically a challenge that... Yeah. Tells you first of all, like you will be on the cover of a magazine in five years. Like I promised you that, and but it's up to you to figure out what the what magazine you're on, like what cover you're on, like which magazine is it. It's up to you to figure out what the photo of you on that cover will be. Like, will it be just you, or will it be you with other people? Uh, will it be you with an animal? Like, will it be you in another country? Like, it's just like figure out what kind of photo you would want on that cover. And then it also asks you to think about like a headline, like the typical like, oh, um, first person to do this, first business to do that, or like youngest entrepreneur of Belgium, I don't know. And then it also has like a box to um, have you think about a quote, like what quote would you like, like to put on that cover? And it sounds like every time when I explain the exercise I see people like kind of like cringing because they think it's like a something you would do in kindergarten but it and it always ended up being something that was very telling about like what do you like how do you think about your future and I've done I've seen like people like I had this one person doing it and she thought she was going to be a photographer and then she did that whole exercise and there was nothing about photography in it and I was like that is like interesting yeah. and telling about like And she, it just like completely changed the business, and she's in event, uh, like in the event industry now. She like tried to like adapt or adjust what she was doing. So yeah, that's one of the exercises, and of course there are many more to like help you figure out like who you are, like what you like doing. But that's one that I really like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. And when we say workbook, like it's a it's a very big book, book, and it is really. You know, it's it's really a workbook, so you really have to put time and effort into figuring out uh, what you like to do and what you're good at. So there's different exercises. You have to ask other people's opinions as well, um, what people need and and what people are willing to pay for. Which I thought was the was a good um, say uh, adjustment that you made to the Ikigai. guy. Uh, uh, I thought was really good. And then your idea is basically your business idea. You should be able to find it in the middle. Yeah. Right?
0: to combine like the four circles. So like what you're good at, uh, what you like doing, what people need and what people want to pay for. Like ideally you can combine all four circles into one business idea. Very often one of the circles will lead and the other ones will follow. But at least like I've had so often people in my class that were super good at filling in the top two circles. So like what you are good at and what you like doing. And then they were struggling like finding the circles that like, what were people, are, are people actually needing what you are good at? And I always told them, like, we're not here <laughs> trying to, like, start, like, find a good hobby for you. Like, we're yeah. actually starting a business. So it's very important that other people like what you are doing. So, yeah, I just, like, love the combination. And, and there are a couple of exercises in the book that help you putting circles together. But it's definitely, like, a mental exercise yeah. people should do on their own. And it can take, like, months before you, like, figure out how to put your circles together together. Yeah. Um, but at least, like I'm pushing you in the right yeah, direction.
1: Yeah, that's an important one that it can take time, and and uh, I don't think we mentioned it, but uh, that's why it's called on it as well, right? In the sense that you're on it, you're you're working on your uh, your yeah. business. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, true.
0: I I the I kind of like like the name so much because I always think that being an entrepreneur is kind of like putting on a switch. So like I've had many people talking about being an entrepreneur, but then kind of, like, flipping the switch off, and, like, oh, no, like, it's nothing for me, and then, like, after a couple of months, they, like, flip the switch back on, and, like, oh, yeah, I do want to start a business, and I always try to, like, get people to keep (laughs) the switch flipped on, and, like, stay on it, even if you're not, like, actively doing something for your business that day, like, keep thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur because that's how business ideas will come to you and like you 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 remain in that mindset that you do need to start your own business so yeah that's why it's called
1: yeah i like it and uh, maybe one question out of curiosity like if someone comes to you and they're filled in uh you know the whole the whole document when do you know if an idea is a good idea at that point
0: I always say you don't know until you put it into reality because I can tell like I can look at your filled in book and it might be something that is super good today, but something like the coronavirus might happen tomorrow and then reading your book again, like in a couple of weeks might just change the entire opinion and entire almost science behind it. Why that the idea is a good business idea. So it's definitely like linked to, um, to time. And I would just say like putting it into reality is probably the best test. Like yeah. I have a couple because I find it very important to test ideas and to test assumptions you have about the market. So there are definitely a couple of um, of tests and experiments in the book that help you like kind of figuring out whether you're on the right track. <laughs> but you won't know until you put it into reality. So yeah. I hope people like when they read the book that they start putting stuff into reality yeah. as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, uh, I like that. And, and maybe one thing that from my own opinion that I would like to add to that is that in the end entrepreneurship is doesn't necessarily have to be a business and it's just my opinion like you could have like an idea to help people and i think when you use this kind of exercise to figure out okay how do i want to do it and you can start doing it and maybe it's not a maybe there's not a financial model behind it because not many people will already t- uh, willing to pay for it but it could be like a good project right so i think it's really a skill that is that is uh, applicable in business, but it's also a skill that is applicable in, in life generally. Like if you want to change something, it gives you the tool to, to do it. So uh, like True. I said, I really enjoyed reading it. Um, you. Now, you have another big passion, which is marketing, marketing strategy. Now, maybe I'll, I'll ask it in a broad sense first. Like, why are you so, why are you so passionate about, about marketing? What, what is it about it that, 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 that you find so, so interesting?
0: When I started my first internship at a marketing or advertising agency, I honestly wasn't necessarily completely convinced whether I would like it, and I honestly thought about advertising as like fake phonies trying to like get us bias us, that we would buy stuff that we don't need, and like it's a very fake and plastic thing. I was definitely not like a big advertising you have people that are yeah. like big advertising. I definitely wasn't that. Uh, that kind of person, but just being in, in 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 the ad agency for a couple of weeks, it became so clear to me that like how you market certain stuff can really influence the world. Like we, one of my very first campaigns was was for Special Olympics, which is a, a beautiful brand, a beautiful thing that is happening in. We did a whole campaign. It's been so long. Like I always try to like mention the campaign, and then I realize that Like i gotten too old, and people <laughs> won't remember it. But like we did a lot of like campaigns to like get um, attention for the Special Olympic athletes, yeah. who of course weren't getting as much attention than the the athletes we would consider regular. And we did a lot of like campaigns to get people thinking about like the Special Olympics and how these people, how these athletes, also deserve um, a, a big audience. <laughs> Uh, and it was just crazy. Like we we did a couple of campaigns, and I was very fortunate in like very early on in my ca- in my career to do a couple of campaigns that were just bigger than life. They were on television everywhere, and it was just so interesting to me to like th- this is just something we came up like in a meeting yeah. room, and we decided to put it out into the world, and and it just changed the way that people think about Special Olympics in 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 like the entire country, yeah. and that was just like such a Crazy experience to me that I just like sticked with it and, and still, like, I just love that. And, like, marketing it helps certain companies or it helps certain products that could definitely benefit people to reach them, to gain awareness, to get them to consider to buy a certain product. And I just love the whole like psychology. And, and I don't mean it in like a, a creepy or like deceiving way, but just like how sometimes you can change words or change images around something and you can just change someone's mind completely. And I've always found that very fascinating and I still do.
1: And and what do you, basically what I want to know is what is your personal philosophy on on, on on marketing? Because as you, I think you mentioned, you could possibly use it, in a negative way, you know, you could make people feel bad about their, their own self-image and you could force people to, you know, buy stuff that, that they don't necessarily need. So there's always like this this, this uh, gray zone as well with, with marketing, right? Like what is your, wh- why have you chosen to do it? And why do you, what's your philosophy on, uh, on marketing?
0: I guess it kind of like does bring me back to my previous point. The reason why I decided to do it is because it influences so much, especially like in the era we live in right now is... Like back in the days, like think about like 50 years ago, companies and like entrepreneurs and businesses, they could definitely win on product superiority. Like you had, if the, the product you were building, like if the washing detergent you were making was washing clothes better than the other ones were, it was very easy to win with that because you had such a superior product. And, and, and coming into like the era we live in today is it has become very hard to make a product that is much more superior than the other products. Like all of the washing detergent in, in, in the supermarket, all of them are the same. Like all of them wash your clothes in a fairly similar way. So the the thing companies and, 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 and businesses end up needing is marketing. Like how do you put your product into the market and how do you get people to Think of you first, like think of Dash before they think of Persil. And that part has definitely become more important for entrepreneurship, for businesses, for marketing. And that's kind of like the reason why I like it, because you can have such a big influence over how an entire business is performing. Whilst usually like the marketing department was this small department, like all the company's focus was going to the product and making the product as good as, as it could be is now you see, like, a, a bigger emphasis um, happening on, on marketing and how do we put our stuff into market. And you also see a lot of companies doing it really well, and you also see a lot of companies doing it not that great. And I I just love it, like, how... Like, isn't it interesting that, like, how you talk about the things is almost equally important than the thing itself? Yeah. Like, I, I just find that very fascinating. And, of course, like, you... you because we're talking about products, but it can also like as, as I said for Special Olympics, for example, like it can have such a massive difference in how people think about it and whether they know it and whether they think of it moving forward. Yeah. So yeah, that's I think that's the reason why I love it.
1: Yeah, it's true that you know I think everyone feels that that when you when you buy a product uh, that it's very often because of the certain story that the company tells, right, or the person uh, or a certain way that they. That they that they market their their idea and their business, and that's yeah. very often the reason why you pick one product over over the other. Um, I'm, I'm personally, I'm a big fan of Google uh, advertisements. I don't know if uh, <laughs> if do you have a favorite like a favorite company or a favorite product that you say, oh, I really love the way they tackle it.
0: Uh, you mean tackle their advertising? Yeah. Nike. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a good one. they
0: like they're they're not just setting the stage and like setting the example for other um, sports brands. They're just setting the example for the entire marketing industry. Like the way they think about like how products and marketing are intertwined and how they're super focused around consumers, but they're still like able to bring these super inspiring stories. Even today when like we have so much content online and like we watch videos all day long and they still manage to, to get those real human stories often told in like a very new way. So yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, cool.
1: <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, yeah, like I I think I said it earlier, like one of the things that I really like uh, or love even about entrepreneurship and, you know, obviously with the power of marketing that, that goes with it is, you know, the, that literally it builds the world that we live in today. Right and and the entrepreneurs that are starting today, they're literally building the words, uh, the world that uh, our kids, our children will will know. And I just love. And for me, it's it's mind blowing knowing how big an impact you, with your uh, business, even if it's a small business, can have on the quality of life of future generations. And I I really like that. And um, I I saw on your website that you you know you have quite a few. Uh you have three aspects that you mentioned on your website that you're passionate about. I I, I promised myself I would ask you about them because I'm I'm just curious as to as to your yeah, idea.
0: You, uh, <laughs> you checked out my website. Yeah, did exactly, you? exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: you talked about democratizing knowledge, uh brand discovery, and creating better humans. And maybe just to add, you said that you'd be ready to invest in someone with yeah. a good idea. So you never yes, know. Maybe the, the listener ha- will yeah, uh will get a good idea from this.
0: I love that. Um yeah, I know like for For quite some time I was like not necessarily sure whether I wanted to remain doing what I'm doing right now so working in marketing and and um, having the book and I kind of like figured out a while ago for myself like if I want to start another company or if I want to invest or help out with an, an an existing company or a startup That I like kind of like three areas the most, and and most of them kind of like have something to do with the internet. As I said, like I love what the internet has done for us, and one of the things that I'm very passionate about is the, the whole trend of democratizing knowledge. So the thing that I try doing with the book, like the things that are that I'm telling in the book, are usually things that you would only hear from either your parents that had their own business, or you would follow an expensive MBA. And like trying to democratize and with that, I mean like making it accessible for everyone. I always liked that trend a lot. And and of course the internet has definitely helped with that. Like you see it happening. For example, like Canva, the the, um, photo editing app, like it used to like editing photos or making graphic stuff was usually very hard to do because you had to buy expensive Photoshop and you had to like buy often expensive courses to like know what to do with that whole complex Photoshop uh, interface. And Canva is just making it so easy. Like it's so easy to like teach you how to do certain stuff. So I definitely like that whole democratizing of knowledge or skills that were that before were very much uh, part of the elite and like only yeah. they knew how to do it. And I definitely think that that's uh, like a trend that will only intensify in the future. Like the the knowledge and like think of like stuff that only certain people or certain companies know. It's like because of the internet very soon, all of us will learn how to do it. It might be complex, but at least it is a trend to like democratize the knowledge that was an elite before. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely an, an area that I like. And I also like discussing about it. So if anyone wants to like take walks with me and talk <laughs> about it, I'll, I'll do it. And then the other one is brand discovery. And again, like I'm very much thinking of course about brands and and it's my job, so I love thinking about it. But one of the things that is also getting increasingly hard is discovering new brands. Like if for example, you're thinking of buying a vacuum cleaner, most of the time nowadays, the thing you do is you put it on your Facebook or you ask friends. Because it's become so hard on the internet to like figure out which reviews are real and which brands are definitely worthwhile testing out. So anything that helps people discovering brands in new ways like it's it's so messy right now to like discover and like you google and then you don't trust the google results because all of them are bought yeah. so like most of the time you go to your friends and like because those are the only ones you can still trust because like you also know that when you go to a supermarket or another store is that like those are probably not necessarily the best brands or out there they're just the brands that give that supermarket the best margin on the product so helping people discover new brands again is like is also a topic that I love a lot and I think more things will happen around it very soon and then of course like the last one just creating better humans and like helping people I still find very important and I definitely struggle or have struggled with working for companies that don't necessarily help other yeah. human beings and I've definitely worked for those <laughs> I'll just like not share their names but um, just things that help humans live better lives. I just find it so important and I th- I still think like a lot of people are have the opinion that like our lives are pretty much as good as they can get and I don't think they are. Like I still think that like a lot of things, small things maybe, but there are still a lot of things that could improve our lives or that could be better. So anything that does that also re- like I find that they require my attention and I also like thinking about it and I hope that I can like start more companies and like again like that's something i try to do with the book like i hope that like one of the things that i always wanted to do is like get less people living or uh, dreaming dreams and not living dreams yeah. like i i think that is something that like is definitely like a purpose that i kind of like had with the book and i hope that that
1: is what yeah. it does yeah right and like i said i really love that idea and those three themes or topics as well if i can if i can call it like that and i think that maybe that's that's actually a first you know mental exercise for anyone who's listening like if you had a few ideas when when hearing about democratizing knowledge and you something popped up in your mind or when you heard brand discovery like oh yeah uh, you know, I really feel that as well. Or uh, you know, creating better humans. I think if if you if you're having a few ideas in your mind right now, that that's that's the muscle that you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. That's the muscle that true. that people can use to to develop. And I think that you know, f- again, just my personal opinion. I think that very often when we think about entrepreneurship, as I mentioned, is it become a bit hip, and it's like yeah, you have to be able to to make a living from it, and it's you know, it's, it's sometimes. You know it's it's an extra threshold for for people I feel and for myself as well and the fact of looking at it in this sense, like for instance uh, democratizing knowledge, like if you feel that that's something that's really that you're really passionate about, and you're like, yeah, I think that's a great idea, and then find a way to contribute and then maybe it's a business and maybe it's a hobby, but mm. you know at least you can you know there's so many ways to contribute to those things,
0: true, true, and I always like like having some trends that I personally see happening in the future in the back of my mind. So whenever like someone's talking about it, and so like someone's talking about it, like how difficult it is to know when you're renovating your house or your apartment, how difficult it is to like find a good contractor. And I'm like, yeah, that's like actually brand discovery. (laughs) Like that's how difficult it is to like figure out what a good brand for your apartment or house is. So I always like kind of use it as like, glasses, like lenses that I'm looking through when people are talking about their
1: ideas. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I I think it helps like crystallizing, like what are the movements on this planet that I find interesting to see happening. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I like that. I like that. But thank you so much for for sharing that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for for writing the book. Uh, Thank you. I think it's it's really important. And, um, you know, I think like so many people are... You know like i said scared or or unsure about about possibly a dream that they have uh, and i think you've you know you make the threshold a lot a lot lower uh, which uh, which i think is awesome um so i hope that the people listening who you know want to do something feel like this nudge this subtle nudge at this moment to 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 get started, um, and you know, I think uh, I hope they buy the book j- yeah. honestly because, uh <laughs> <laughs> <Buy it. laughs> yeah. uh, because I think you know, like I said, it will it will give you new insights. Now you know that we always end the episode with uh, the same question as well, and that is if you could give everyone listening today one final tip or life advice, what would that be and why?
0: I think I'm gonna go for um, like this beautiful quote of. In the end, it's just you, um, and I mean that in like both a an negative and positive way. Like, in the end, it is just you. Like, if if like you always need to rely on yourself. And then like, I personally have been in situations where I thought other people would have my backs, and then they didn't, or where I thought we, like me and a group, were undertaking something, and then like it ended up just being me. And I find that very hard, but it also helped me discover that in the end, it's just you and just you is most of the times enough. It also helped me discover that. And like, I think most of the time I was like waiting for, I don't know, like friends to be more entrepreneurial or lovers to do this or colleagues or bosses to recognize me in that way. And it took me a, Quite some time to like realize, like, oh, in the end, it's just you. And like, if you want to do that, or, or if you think that is important, or you want to spend your money on that, like, yeah. it is just you. Like, yes. you don't necessarily need to like tell or or like get someone involved in like what you are thinking. Like, you can just decide to do certain so stuff so or to yeah buy stuff or think stuff. In the end, it is yeah. just
1: you. Awesome, mm. I like that. Thank you so much. Elina. Thank you. And uh, talk to you very soon. Hi, everyone. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for making it all the way till the end of the episode. I hope you gained value from this conversation. And today we're not just celebrating a new episode, we're also celebrating our one year anniversary. So if you've been with us from the start, I really want to give you a shout out. We're so thankful for your time. And we're working really hard behind the scenes to bring our podcast to the next level. We have some exciting changes coming up and we can't wait to tell you guys more about it. But until then, keep learning.